0: KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas.
1: Hello and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall with your hosts Corbin Sturch and Zachary Payne. Your vintage radio program here on KUOZ 100.5 FM. Community Radio, produced by the Radio Television Video Department here at University of the Ozarks in Clarksville, Arkansas. From the concert hall plays some of the famous artists of the past, as well as features a few of our very own from right here at home. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we take you live right here to our very own little concert hall.
0: Thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne.
1: And I'm Corbin Sturge. Before we begin the show tonight, I would like to remind everyone that the Clarksville Lions Club is presenting a pancake breakfast Tuesday, March 31st, at the Clarksville First United Methodist Church. They'll start serving at 6.30 in the morning and go through 12.30 in the afternoon. Right now the cost is $5 per person or $3 for children 12 and under. This is all you can eat. Now, if the weather doesn't permit, like it did last week and you have an order of over six or more, you can't get out, you're hungry, you want pancakes, if you call 479-979-2260, they'll set you up, and they'll even deliver the pancakes right to your door. So for more information, again, that number is 479-979-2260. Now, our show tonight is going to be an absolutely amazing show. We have got with us special guest guests. One of the world's top performing artists for violin and most sought-after soloist, the award-winning Andrew Swords. Andrew, thank you for being on the show with us tonight.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: It's an absolute pleasure to have you on tonight. Zach, I believe you actually already have a barrage of questions you've just been (laughs) dying to answer.
0: (laughs) I've got a few. Um... I've got uh, Andrew's bio here in front of me and I read it and it just didn't give me enough information about him and so I've got a few questions Uh, I guess we can start out from uh, we can start out from the origin and so what brought you to violin was it like, you know, your mom telling you hey, you should play this or is it something like you saw it was like, hey, that could be fun tell us about it
2: well, I saw Itzhak Perlman the famed violinist with the Cleveland Orchestra and I remember asking my grandmother what is it that he does and she said, oh, he travels around and plays a soloist with orchestras. And I said, I know that, but what's his job? And she said, well, <laughs> he gets paid to travel around and play. And I thought, wait a second, you can do that? <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a good gig if you can get it. And so I, of course, developed off with piano, because you're never out of tune on the piano. Mm-hmm. You hit a G, it comes out of G. And then I started on violin shortly after, and the neighbors started closing their windows and asking when I turned back the piano.
3: <laughs>
2: um, but I actually never really liked to practice. I grew up right across the street from a school on a baseball field, and I, I just remember our officers wreaking havoc, both on the playground and on the baseball field, and <laughs> my mother has no musical ear, so I would go up into my room, put on a Vivaldi 4 season CD, read one of those Hardy Boys mysteries cover to cover, go downstairs, my mom would say, I'm so proud of you for practicing, go outside and play. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I got out of it.
1: Talk about getting away with it. That, that's, that's, that's mischievous.
2: <laughs> uh, and my family would tell you that was part of the course.
1: So, I mean, looking back, do you wish you had practiced more back then, or would you still do it all the same?
2: Well, I feel like I actually had a childhood. You know, I'm certainly not one of those musicians who spent their entire life in the practice room. And nobody would ever accuse me of over-practicing. <laughs> um, so the fact that I was able to do some sports and running track in high school and just being able to be a kid, you know, I, I, I'm kind of that way now. I mean, kind of the, the baseball, but I, I kind of feel like I do a little bit of everything. I don't even think of myself as a violinist. I think of myself as a musician. And I'm so lucky to be playing the violin. But I I, I travel, and I I like picking out new restaurants. Um, I love reading. I love trash TV. Hmm. (laughs) Not that we're we're building a a dating profile. here. hmm
1: Now, I'm just getting a kick out of this. I've known you for a while, and we've talked a lot over the past few months you even in your bio i think you mention your love for sushi restaurants
2: <laughs> actually I have sushi tonight ah. nothing like spicy crab and spicy tuna
0: that's actually when i work i work like a few blocks uh... not even a block down from a chinese restaurant and uh... Oh, every good. time i order food from there it's like fried rice and spicy crab roll
2: <laughs> <laughs> See. Well when you travel a lot, it's good to find constants. it's good to find, you know, if there's a pool at the hotel that you can go into, if you can find a Red Bull or coffee before the rehearsal, and if you can find food that agrees with you, it kind of makes you feel like you're at home for that week in whatever city you're in.
3: Hmm.
1: Now, speaking of being in a city, you're getting ready to go to Toledo, Spain, is that right?
2: to Port of Spain, Trinidad, and Tobago, yes. Wow. Yes, next week do the filing Tour of Two Shows. I can't wait, especially with the winter we've had up north. I can't wait to be off the equator.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I bet you can't wait for the warm weather. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Packing yes. the bathing
0: suit already, huh? <laughs> I'm
2: leaving the Arctic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, can you tell us a bit more about the concerts you're going to be doing there? Is there any specific pieces you're going to be performing I know in the past you go, you do Bach festivals, I know you've done the Rope of concertos. Uh-huh. Now, in Spain, is there anything in particular you're going to be performing, or is it... In Port
2: of Spain, I'm doing the Max Brook Violin Concerto, and I'm doing uh, Vivaldi's String from his Four Seasons, and I'm doing a bunch of show pieces, including um, excerpts from Carmen, uh, Yankee Doodle variations, which they don't know about yet, so hopefully nobody's supposed to make them trinidad. Um, maybe some lady gaga thrown in if they're lucky.
0: Oh well.
1: You're definitely one to play into the modern as well as the past. I know in your album Transcendence, that's definitely something we see there, you know, they call it New Age. And I can definitely see that. You've asked us to play a couple different pieces from it, one of them being Luna's song. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us a bit about this song, what drove you to this?
2: Sure, and this album, how how the genesis of this album came about is actually very fortuitous and very bizarre. It was um, fall two years ago, and a conductor of mine um, rang me and said he had just met a producer, a recording producer from the Oprah Winfrey Network, and did did this conductor know of any violinist who was not afraid to a who's a romantic performer? And Robert said, look no further, call Andrew Sword.
3: Mm-hmm. So I
2: found myself on a plane to Boise, Idaho. We recorded this album. Um, and initially the producer said, I want you to be on a couple tracks, and I I want to be on the whole album. And so <laughs> we did the whole album. Wow. And Luna's song that you're going to play is actually a transcription from Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata, and I, I just think it's so beautiful.
1: I would agree. I've I listened to it over and over and over again, and I know between Thank Luna's you, song and Andromeda, those are two that really stand out to me.
2: Well, then we we'll should play Andromeda later,
1: I guess. I, I think that's how I want to end the show tonight, actually. I know you've got one other that you really requested for tonight.
2: Yes,
1: yeah, yes. Yeah. So, here it is, folks. This is Luna's song as done by Andrew Swords. Enjoy.
0: KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas.
2: Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM. Community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas.
0: Thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne.
1: And I'm Corbin Sturch. Tonight on the show with us, we have Andrew Swords. Andrew, thank you for being on the show with us tonight.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Now, people who just listened into that song, I'm sure are just overly impressed by it. If they're wanting to find that song and buy that song, where can they go to get that,
3: Andrew?
2: Sure. Um, they can go to my website, www.andrewswords.com, uh, S-O-R-D-S was my last name. Not like the Weapon. The Weapon (laughs) minus the W. um, Or iTunes. It's called Transcendence. And I'm so thrilled when people come up to concerts and they want to sign that they've been listening. If they're happy, I'm happy. Absolutely. That's that's great policy.
1: Now, in in hearing um, Luna's song, we hear actually a lot of violin in that. Now, Mm -hmm. did did you do multiple tracks of violin and lay that over one another? Or how was that done?
2: good question you must have experience in recording I
1: do
2: <laughs> um, there were a couple tracks that then. okay simply because it's kind of pop song-ish I would say and so you've got the melody which is the Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven but then you've got Kelly and Michelle doing backup to Beyonce if you will okay nice Destiny Child reference <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, speaking of influential women, you actually uh, did the national anthem for ESPN2's WNBA Pride game here this last year, and that was actually the first ever televised Pride game, is that right?
2: Yes, that was really exciting, because usually I play for audiences of 500, 1,000, 1,500, if you're lucky, maybe a little bit more than that. But find myself in Chicago's, all-State Arena, which seats 17,000. And they tell me, you know, Billy Joel's played there in Elton John. And I think, well, here's little the whole playing there now. And I had a blast. I had a blast.
0: I imagine. That,
1: that's great. Now, actually looking at your resume here, you've done a lot of LGBTQ outreach.
2: Yeah.
1: Even, I think you perform regularly at the Pride festivals. You've performed at Dallas Pride, Cleveland Pride, other Pride. Correct.
2: Correct. And uh, there are two GLBT orchestras in our country, the Minnesota Philharmonic and the Atlanta Philharmonic. And I've performed twice with both of them. And I, I think it's important for artists to cause what they believe in. And any way that we can reach a new community or a community that will welcome us, I suppose, uh, is a good, good charity community outreach effort.
1: So you would say that the LGBTQ effort is a cause you strongly believe in? Absolutely. That's wonderful. I know it's, if you would excuse my saying it on radio, it's actually something you've made very known in your work, that you are an openly gay performing artist. That's, and that's correct, that's part yeah. of what sets you apart from a lot of performing artists out there. You aren't afraid to tell people who you really are.
2: Yeah, and it's funny that some of my colleagues and some out the auditorian circuit have uh, are are openly gay but have not made it a point to address their personal life, which is fine, nobody needs to discuss their personal life. But when you can use your talent for good, I think, well why not?
1: Right. And I think both me and Zach both applaud you for that. It takes I appreciate that. Great courage to stand up for what you Believe in and what's a part of your life, especially in today's age when that's <sighs> a hot button issue.
2: Well, it's funny because I had um, a previous agent, if you will, who said to me once, "Well, if you come out, you're going to lose work because this is a conservative business." And I'm, and I remember thinking, just because we play dead composers' music from three hundred years ago. <laughs> So we're pretty evolving. We have different colleagues come up every year. We're working with different colleagues. We have worked in all parts of the world, and see all kinds of people. It's really the best business.
1: So you wouldn't say you've lost business for it. No, no. <laughs> I mean, looking at your touring list and places you've gone and concertized, a lot of these places are churches. So.
3: Oh,
2: well, and you're going to remind me how how much I work. I, yeah. <laughs>
1: Mr. Ryder, you're about to go up to Trinidad here the next week.
2: <laughs> Trinidad, yes. And then I've got Michigan. I've got New York. I'm performing in Wisconsin. And then uh, this coming fall starts the Hamster Wheel of Touring all over. I'm, I'm actually really excited about doing um, a small chamber music tour in Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, a couple of other places in Canada. Um, and I'm going to Georgia, not Georgia-Atlanta, Two weeks this August and September to perform once again.
0: Nice. I uh, I actually know a lot about the Republic of Georgia and the uh, Southern Sandwich Islands. <laughs> oh yeah! Before you laugh, it's an actual thing. It's it's <laughs> south. It, it's a Republic of South Georgia and the Southern Sandwich Islands.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that that. Where were you? I was there last summer, Zach. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's it's.
0: Uh, I, won't, I won't. I'll just say that and be done with it. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> now,
1: something that strikes me as really interesting getting away from the Southern Sandwich Islands <laughs> was your appearance on Dancing with the Stars. You actually were the first classical musician to come on to Dancing with the Stars. Is that correct?
2: Mm-hmm. That's mostly correct on the Pittsburgh's version of Dancing with the Stars. Okay. Now, I wish it was the ABC version that was streamed live in everyone's living room every night because, my goodness, I mean, I perform violin mild tangle I great they're multi-talented but yes I spent gosh three months four months associated with that I did not win Have had to go on stage, and instead of performing the 30-minute concerto I've, I've known for a decade, I have to perform a four-minute tango that I I had to steps to. I had to, you know, lift the part, uh, throw my partner in the air, throw her on the ground, spin around, all in time, and it was the scariest performance I've ever given. And when I was finished, I am so glad I did it. I thought, why not? I that I'm scared of and I just feel like I accomplished something.
0: Nice, hey, yes. definitely. So
1: you definitely were in good shape for this
2: show. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the spray tan helped
0: <laughs> I imagine. So, I guess, uh, another question out of the blue. Um, you seem to be quite the connoisseur of the fine arts, you know, uh, music, dance. I can't help but ask, did you ever touch up or try anything with art, you know, painting, drawing, anything like that?
2: Yes, and Zach, I can't even draw sticks. <laughs> it's I, I really think, embarrassing um, I I've got very bad um, handwriting I can't draw my layout off a paper bag um, I'm kind of clumsy on my feet so the dancing thing didn't work out <laughs> So it's a good thing I can play the violin I
0: guess so
1: I think that follows the old saying it's either one art or no art <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> I know, I'm I'm in the same boat at least I can play instruments but Lord help me if you hand me a paintbrush or you want me <laughs> to dance or act, I can't do it. <laughs>
2: well, there's a lot of truth to um, Jack and I the master of none. When I listen to students um, who want to solo accomplish everything, and that's admirable, you know, they want the captain of the cross team and valedictorian and the cello soloist all at once. Um, it never really worked out that way. So if you can find I, I think that parents out there should immerse their kids at a certain age in sports, and music, and homework. But then once they hit twelve, fourteen, sixteen, if they show a very if they show an unusual talent, that's gotta be cultivated. And they, they it's I I feel strongly about those that squander the talents and gifts that are given to them. <laughs> I'm off the box now. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: So you say you had to, So you are teaching violin
2: I, mean, I do wish I taught more um, My schedule doesn't allow me to teach that often But I try to get master classes wherever I go Actually next week in Trinidad and Tobago I'm very excited I'm joining their youth strings program For the vault spring From four seasons
3: Wow um,
2: they say they're really excited for it, but I'm actually really excited to get on stage with a bunch of kids who are wide-eyed and excited and have been working for this for a while. I can't wait.
1: Now, speaking of wide-eyed, excited music, and kids, we we share a connection, and that both of us attended one of the nation's, or really the world's, premier places to study art as a kid, Interlochen, yes. up in Michigan. Yes. Please, tell us a bit about your time there, about your experience there. I always love hearing other people's experiences with Interlaken.
2: Well, Corbin, you remember the, the uniforms. with oh, of course. The corduroy pants and the belts signify how old you are. The, the sky blue shirt and the neat, the socks that have to be yanked up. I mean, there's definitely no, <laughs> no one was up for any fashion awards at Interlaken. that's for sure.
3: <laughs>
2: um, I can tell you the a melody freeze every day for ice cream or uh, the swimmer's itch in Lake Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> or the practice huts where I actually would practice organ. I studied organ for two summers up there, believe it or not. Um, and I got to the point where I could play the opening of The Phantom of the Opera on organ and try and mm-hmm. bring the roof down with that.
1: <laughs> nice. I, I can <laughs> um, appreciate that.
2: <laughs> yes, I, I thought you would But I really, my summer, I all concerts with um, Bill Cosby, though right now he's also good to endorse him, with uh, Josh Bell and Sarah Chang, Andre Watts, Shlomo Mint, the Indigo Girls. I mean, as you know, everybody went through interlock. And interlocking. if you're listening, this alum would be happy to go back and play.
1: (laughs) I think really any alum would be happy to say that. I know every alum I've ever talked to from Interlochen. It's that point in their lives that really shaped them. It's a place yeah, of inspiration. There's back. a lot of
2: growing that happens there.
1: Yes. That is definitely true. I know after coming back from it, I was definitely changed as a person. And as an mm-hmm. artist,
2: most especially. And the fact that you get to be immersed, you know, I'm I'm almost 30, so there are no cell phones then. And... If you wanted to call home, it was a pay phone. And I certainly didn't have another email. Um, so we really were sequestered in northwest Michigan. With, the only thing we could do was, was to bond with our fellow campers who are now in every orchestra in the country and on Broadway and such and get better at our instruments.
1: Yeah. Actually, speaking on the topic of cell phones, the year I came to Interlochen, Was the first year they allowed cell phones to be used during the camp season. Uh So I saw that change. (laughs) Oh yeah. I can, yeah. I remember my campmates, my cabin mates, most especially, were just like, "You weren't here last year when we couldn't use these cell phones. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know how lucky you
2: are." So. I would love to go back. I'd love to go back. There's something very special about doing summer festivals, and I've done I've done many from Alaska. Fairbanks, Alaska to Minnesota and Pittsburgh and California, which is always a great destination. Um, there be I would love to sometimes go back to Egypt and spend eight eight weeks there. Maybe not in the corduroy and sky blue shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they would, would have relaxed their uniforms by then.
1: Uh, I hate to tell you, but whenever I was there a couple of years ago, it was still. The navy blue shorts, sky blue shirt, color-coded belts. Now, uh, the boy. guys were not forced to wear the knee-high socks. That has been re- That's a, that's a, a part of the women's uniform now. We just had to wear dark socks.
2: Well, I, I also had quite the learned experience at Interlock because there was one violent teacher there who I wanted to work with, and I'm not going to mention her name. And I remember saying to her, Oh, my goodness this summer I would really like to do the Beethoven Violin I really want to study the Beethoven. And of course, I was way too young. I was certainly not ready. And she looked at me, and she said with her Russian accent, why should I teach you Beethoven? You will never perform it with an orchestra. (laughs) And I remember thinking, well, why do you think that? I mean, (laughs) how do you know? And at this point, I played it with over 40 different orchestras. think you can do this and me to think I think I can.
1: Well I definitely think we can all sit here and say, looking at your extensive resume, you you've done it. Definitely. Yeah, I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> done it over forty times over now.
2: But there's something about being in the music business and I talked to my colleagues about this. No matter how busy you are, you get a little weird when you're in an off period. And now this is turning to a therapy session, Corbin. But, but um, when you are off for a couple of weeks, I think we all have that fear of like, well, our, com- our career is only as long as our last concert.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It only lasts until our last concert. So there's a lot of truth to that. And every year when we do the booking season, I keep thinking, well, next year, we've got to have two or six concerts. The year after that, we have to, have to fix a concert, concerts. <laughs> <You know, laughs> I can't retire at Bernie. <laughs>
0: That's uh that's a pretty interesting concept. Um when I was in high school in band, my uh band director had a similar uh similar concept. Con- and uh, his idea was that uh whenever you sit down and you perform, um to the audience you're only as good as your first and last song.
2: That's interesting. Um, and I I've also heard people say they perform like the very loud concert and so if you walk up stage able to do it again then you didn't exert enough energy and all true. All good points. hmm
1: yeah. Now, I want to give you a quick break, Andrew. But before we go and take this break, I'd like you to tell us about our next song coming up. It's Heaven's Twilight. Again, it's from your album Transcendence which you can find on iTunes or through Andrew's website at andrewswords.com. But, Andrew, please tell us about this song Heaven's Twilight. What's a bit of the story behind that?
2: It's not so much a story behind it as the feeling it gives me when I hear it and remembering how when we were in the recording sessions, which lasted from about, oh my gosh, nine until two or three o'clock in the morning, uh, so we wouldn't have any outdoor noise. And in this particular track, something happened. Something clicked, something worked, and I remember getting goosebumps. And I remember telling Sean, the composer, This is a real hit. This is is really special. It's not as extroverted as some of the other tracks, but to me, it's very, very, very special. So, heaven's pilot.
1: Thanks. Now, before we let our listeners go and hear this piece, I'd like to extend the invitation. During the song, if you'd like to call in and ask your questions for Andrew, we'd love to take your calls. The number to call is four seven nine nine seven nine fourteen ninety. Again, that number is four seven nine nine seven nine fourteen ninety. And this is Heaven's Twilight, as played by Andrew Swords from his album Transcendence.
0: KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas.
3: You are listening
1: to From the Concert Hall, here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas.
0: Thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne.
1: And I'm Corbin Sturge. With us tonight we have Andrew Swords, one of the world's most sought-after and top-performing solo violinist, performing in over four or five different continents now and with over 150 major orchestras. Andrew, thank you for coming on to the show tonight. It's a great honor to have you.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me, you guys.
1: So... Now, Zach, we were we were talking over the break a bit with you, and Zach had a question that just popped into his head about your work with the new age music.
0: Oh, just uh, I guess just a general uh, generalization of it. I mean, what have you done with new age music? Uh, what are some plans that you have? You know, that kind of
2: stuff. That's a good question. If you look at my concert pitch, you don't see any new age music that I'm performing, and I don't know if that's because the CD is doing so well that maybe they should just come hear me do Mozart and then go away with something different. Or if it's a sign that I actually do need to do a New Age concert. Or if I need to do a sequel to the album. I mean, everything is so up there. Um, I'm just glad to play for people who want to hear me play. And if they enjoy my music, I'm so thrilled by that. And if it happens to be New Age... If it happens to be a soundtrack for a picture, that's great. And if it happens to be, you know, a holy night or Christmas Eve service, now that's great, too.
1: That's uh, fair. So, now, if you had to spend the rest of your life performing either New Age or Classical, <laughs> could you decide between the two?
2: Absolutely. I could never give up a That's... I like because that decision. You, you play great music um, that's written today, but there's something different about Beethoven, Mozart, mendelssohn that they're so much bigger than you. And, you know, the Beethoven concerto has been around for 211 years and going to be played for another 211 years and beyond. And I certainly will not be around then. And nobody that's performing the Beethoven now will be But the masterpiece will still be performed and people still want to hear. And that's it's so humbling inspiring to me that, that it's so much bigger than us.
1: That's that's a topic yeah, that definitely. Zach and I touch on often, actually. That style of music, the old classical pieces, these Baroque, Romantic, all of those pieces are pieces that were designed to touch us in a way that's so much bigger than music is today.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, with New Age, it's... It can be fun to play, you know. uh, I did marching band, so we did a bunch of, like, uh, you know, stand tunes and stuff like that, you know, a bunch of new age stuff. And it was fun to play, but it didn't have the meaning that the classical pieces that we would perform
2: did. I agree, Zach. And I'm noticing that when I do encores, I spent a decade literally picking up-tempo, fast, virtuosic encores that I thought, you know, it's by three minutes or so to shine. And I like the reaction I got this past. Season, I've been doing a Chopin sure as noncore or a scene from Schindler's List by John Williams, which is very beautiful oh. and slow and melodic. And for some reason, these slower works touch people in a different way than something fast and showy and shiny and sparkly.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. See, I can understand that as someone who's performed. I feel like that slower piece actually has more meaning with my audience than that fast, neurotic piece that they're actually probably just trying to keep up with.
2: Exactly. There's some kind of connection, some kind of visceral reaction you get with the audience. I remember going to the orchestra with my grandmother and hearing some fabulous violin concerto or piano concerto, and I love the You know, an 8 year mm-hmm. And I remember my grandmother saying, You know, look at the rest of the audience. There is the second movement. And frankly, the second movement is my favorite part. And I thought, Really? <laughs> 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 I mean, you can play something slow and still uh, touch people? It's unbelievable.
0: Absolutely. And I think part of that is just because. Um... With slow pieces, uh, speaking from a musician's standpoint, there's so much more you can do with them. It's not just that, yes, these pieces have been around for 250 years. Everyone knows them. When they're slow, you can make them your own. Music Uh, is open to interpretation.
2: And if you go to a powerful ceremony, whether it's a wedding or a funeral or some kind of always the Ave Maria, it's always the anthem, but, and now I'm back to my Catholic roots, you know, growing up in a Catholic church and playing many Sundays,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you learn what people react to.
0: Definitely.
1: That definitely showed in your um, album, we saw the glory and the crealeous um,
2: Yes, yes, you know, I have to say, no matter how busy I am, me, I always play Christmas Eve and Christmas services and Holy Week. that policy. <laughs> Good to stand by. <laughs> 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 and I'm also all three and neither, so I can go someplace. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice.
0: So, as you've been, uh, as we've been talking tonight and I've been hearing more uh, about your stories and stuff like that, I seem to notice uh, a key role uh, of your grandmother inside your musical career.
2: Yes. What'd well, you- whether it's because I'm the oldest grandson or she's really the only other musician in the family. She was in the Cuban Orchestra Chorus um, with Bob Shaw and George Zell for many years. Wow. Um, and she sort of indulged my curiosity. You know, I would sit down at the piano with her and I would say, Grandma, Grandma, we, we gotta go to the piano. But <laughs> I'm gonna get the trouble line because I have to have the so You get the bass line. And, like, she didn't care. Um, but <laughs> I remember many days being over there and, I would uh, recode on her CD collection and put in, you know, Beethoven symphony, usually the number nine, the 12th symphony, or a Brahms symphony, or a Pavarotti or somebody. And I remember whenever somebody would call the house, Grandma would have to like make an excuse for me. Oh, I'm sorry, it sounds like there's a hundred-piece orchestra in the house. My grandson's over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure she loved it though. Well, the great thing is
2: I live a half mile from my grandmother now and she's able to come to many area concerts.
0: Well That is great. great. That's great. See, that's I, was, I was waiting to hear that, the uh, only other musician in the family. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, figured it was something
3: like
2: that. Dabbled. My sister dabbled. I have a couple cousins who dabbled. Um, and I certainly think everyone in my family appreciates it.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: when, when somebody has gone stage before... Corbin, you can certainly testify to, there's a certain kind of um, connection you have with somebody. And you don't have to know them. It's like you go to a different place. Um, you don't have to know them. You don't have to speak their language. But if you're a fellow farmer, you already have that bond. You yeah. can already zero in on that person and have something to discuss and have something to, uh, to share and bond over.
0: Absolutely. And keeping on the topic of... Uh of different languages. Even throughout different languages, uh, music is universal. Everyone hears music, and everyone gets, you know, music impacts them, they feel it, and it's the universal language. You don't have to put words to a piece for people to feel something from it.
2: Exactly, I've had rehearsals in Spanish. I've had rehearsals, uh, not with me speaking, because I'm still working on English. But I've had rehearsals in Spanish. I've had rehearsals in Russian. I've had rehearsals in Korean and let me tell you, we do just fine even though you can't understand the word, because of this. now I'm getting all worked up over this because it's such a such a universal connection. hmm
0: That's how I've always felt about music. There's there's no gap in between the different uh, areas of the world with music.
2: Yeah. No. It's not like we have to like only one type of music. That's another thing. People are so surprised when I say, you know, today I was driving with Christina Aguilera on the radio. And <laughs> yeah. why can't somebody listen to Christina Aguilera and Lady Miserables and Beethoven and soundtrack they, they are enjoying that week? Absolutely. Music is music is music, whether it's
0: like something club, single, or Mozart. No one's confined to one genre.
1: No. I think Definitely that's... Not. That's definitely showing in your work, concertizing as a classical artist, but having the CD out, it's new age, and just so different from what you're performing.
2: Well, I certainly think myself as a classical violinist, but I think of myself as a musician first and foremost. And I don't want to close any doors. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm very good at jazz. I don't think would hire me to do, you know, the Texan barbecue, uh, a old. <laughs> whatever um but i certainly don't want to close any doors and limit myself to just one
1: mm-hmm. wow. i like that philosophy just you you may not say you're the most comfortable with it but you're not going to not try to do it
2: no no mm-hmm. it's just like sushi you find a different role in a different city and gosh everything inspect back to food for me
1: <laughs> <laughs> see i guess i'm just not that adventurous as sushi I, I mean, I've got a couple favorite rolls, but I've not branched out much. Uh, <laughs>
2: you know, my motto is: if it's moving on your plate, don't touch it. <laughs> if it's That's... moving or making sounds, order a different roll.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I've never had a moving roll before, but I have tried some of the uh, some of the stranger ones, some of the ones that are a little bit more pricey, stuff like that. The really cheap ones, like eel roll and stuff like that. I mean, I I've, I've, I
1: love the eel. Don't don't mess with the eel.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't, don't knock my eel. Oh no, I'm I <laughs> I like the ill world. That was I was saying. That's one of the ones that definitely fall in the get again this
2: list. Is off, <laughs> this is off subject, but over in Korea they have a delicacy that's this live octopus sorry, live squid. And you have to tilt your head back as you eat it so that it doesn't actually climb out of your throat while you're eating it.
0: Yeah, I've heard about
2: that. That's
1: the things you learn in traveling as a musician.
2: <laughs> uh. I have not tried that. I, I by
1: now would you say you do at least try to dabble a little bit in local culture when you travel across the world
2: oh yes uh for instance um i was in los angeles, los angeles area and first of all i had not experienced their cultural scene as much as i should have and during this trip i saw chamber music I saw the L.A. Philharmonic with Martha Argerich. I saw the L.A. Opera do a contemporary opera, The Ghost of Versailles, with Patti LuPone, of all people, in an opera. Um, And I just got to see what many colleagues were doing, whether it was soundtrack, DZ, concertos, recordings. And so it was so great, it was so eye-opening to see uh, a different, first of all, 2,000 miles away, a thriving cultural scene. Yeah, I loved it. Loved it.
1: That's great. It's nice to know that, even though you're you're away from home and you're traveling, you're not trying to not be adventurous. You're actually trying to live up that experience in a different place and take it all
2: I've in. I try to go to concerts as often as I can. You learn, even even if you don't like it. There have been concerts I walked out of. There's a major orchestra on the East Coast that I simply cannot stand, and I walk through their concerts. Hmm. It also redefines what you know, what you like, how you want to hear something.
0: Definitely.
1: I can see that. Now, Andrew, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we've, we've reached the point in our show where we have to start ending it, have to start rallying it in. But I'm going to ask you, before we let you go, are there any closing remarks you'd like to give our audience and our listeners out there tonight? Any final words of wisdom or inspiration for anyone?
2: Well, it's great to be able to talk about it that subject being music, um, and have people hear thoughts on it all over, because really music is such, as back universal universal universal, what we react to it makes us the most, I don't know anybody that gets to the car and doesn't turn on the radio or put in the CD.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: so to be able to discuss something that we all feel so strongly about Obviously, arts are here to stay. Absolutely.
0: There will always be a place for music and art in the world. Absolutely.
1: Now, thank you so much again, Andrew, for being on. It was an absolute pleasure to have you, an honor. Thank you, guys. So thank you again. Now, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way to do it? Uh,
2: They can go to my website and check out where I'm performing if I'm going to be in their area. And I love when people reach out. And they can contact me through my website or my uh, page on Facebook, Andrew Swords. I look forward to hearing from anybody.
1: Thanks. And just a reminder, if anyone has liked the songs you've heard tonight or is interested in buying Andrew's album, you can go to iTunes.com and search for Transcendence, which is the name of his album. Or you can go to Andrew's website, AndrewSwords.com. That's S-O-R-D-S. No W. And you can find his album that way. It's a wonderful album. We've played two tracks from it tonight. We're actually about to close with the third. So it's well worth looking into. I,
2: I Thank, highly you recommend it. Thank, Thank you for back. Thank you so much.
1: You have a great night, Andrew. Thank you. Bye. Now, just a couple closing announcements before we let everyone go. A reminder that the Clarksville Lions Club has a pancake breakfast Tuesday, March 31st, at Clarksville's First United Methodist Church. They'll start serving at 6.30 in the morning and serve through 12.30 in the afternoon. The cost is $5 per person now or $3 for children 12 and under. This is all you can eat. So if you wake up and you're craving pancakes here at the dorms and you're just wanting something different that the calf doesn't have, and you and five other buddies can get together and order, they'll deliver to you. The number to call is 479-979-2260. Again, that is 479-979-2260 and they'll help you figure out all those wants and needs for pancakes. You can buy tickets through them and get set up now. Also this week, the Catholic Church, your Holy Redeemer in Clarksville is having an enchilada supper. Uh, yeah, enchilada supper. And it's $6 a plate right now. That's going to be on Friday at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church here in Clarksville. The cost is $6 per plate, and with it you get three cheese enchiladas, beans, and rice. So it's a great cause. It's going to help their building fund. It's well worth going and checking out. That starts at 1130 on Friday and goes through 3. So feel free to stop by that. Enjoy the wonderful food, home-cooked food. It's going to be wonderful. I know that I'm planning on stopping by, so... Hopefully we'll see some of our listeners out there and we can all enjoy some great enchiladas. Absolutely. Now, if you'd like to keep in touch with From the Concert Hall through the week, find out what we're doing, what's coming up, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash From the Concert Hall or on Twitter at ftch underscore k-u-o-z. Also on Instagram at k-u-o-z concert hall. And then if all of that just isn't your forte... Ha, huh, musical fun, forte. <laughs> you can email us at from the concert hall radio at gmail.com. We love to hear back from our listeners, find out what's going on, and just get an overall sense of what's happening with everyone out there and what they'd like to hear.
0: Absolutely. Feel free to get, into, uh, get in contact with us. Any suggestions that you have like, hey, this is a piece that I've heard a few times, but I really want to hear it over the radio, through my car stereo, stuff like that. Let us know. We'll see if we can find it that's right now just a reminder if you love this
1: episode a lot or want to hear an old episode from the concert hall you can find us at podomatic.com forward slash from the concert hall and you can catch any of our episodes there if you can't find them there let us know we'll try to help you in getting them sometimes that system gets a bit fuzzed up in
0: its storage it can happen
1: now to play us out tonight It's my personal favorite from Andrew's album for Andromeda. So I'd like to wish all of our listeners out there a good night and a thank you for listening in as we hear Andrew Swords for Andromeda playing us out into the night. Good night.